Greg, I wanted you to, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about anything else. Yeah, actually, actually, I'll turn my mic up. Um, it's a little different than what she said, uh, only because the Lord told me to. And because he has a word that he wants to give through Alexis this morning. And uh, I, I will say just, just when God moves and when God tells you something, it's a really important to listen. Even if it's a small voice, it's really important to listen because we can miss things if we are too busy. If we're too busy to hear him, if we're too busy to hear his voice. So I can tell you this. What he has this morning is something very special for you, but it's also for me. And this is the first time that I get to hear her when I'm here live. And I don't know, maybe you all are along for the ride. Maybe this is just for me. <laughs> it's for everybody. But listen to that small voice and let him speak to your heart. Because we're at really important times right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We give you honor and we give you glory. We thank you, God. And Lord, our hearts are ready to receive. Give us ears to hear that we might hear. Eyes to see that we might see. Not just your glory but to hear and heed your instruction. We love you so much, Lord. I ask that your Holy Spirit fall upon Alexis in such a powerful way that every word that comes from her mouth is you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Because of God's love, um, two days from today is Valentine's Day, and that um, had no bearing in at all what I would have tried to come up with. And again, it really was just, if the Lord didn't give me anything, then I would have turned him down and said no, that there was nothing to give. But, um, but when the Lord gave me something that had to do with love as a foundation, I said, well, that just works out great, because Tuesday is Valentine's. So I tried very, very hard to figure in some sort of, some, some shade of red. Uh, I don't know why, it was so, so weird. I just felt so compelled to wear red. So those of you wearing red, it's not Valentine's Day, but it's close enough. And uh, Tuesday, our prayer service will be on Valentine's Day, so you get a chance to show up in red if you, if you want to do that. That's kind of a fun thing. But if you've been a Christian any length of time, you've heard messages on love, some form of love. And um, I've heard good ones. And I've heard ones that uh, I will admit, I don't know, I can't say where I was at spiritually at the time, but I remember just thinking, yada, yada, yada. You know, like I've heard a message on love, and I, you know, I accepted Christ when I was 11 years old. And so, and was in the, my, my birth was in the church bulletin, so I mean, you talk about growing up in church. You know, it was like you're born, and you're in the nursery, and then there starts your, your church uh, existence in my whole life. And uh, so I heard many, many messages on love. But I do have to say, love really is the foundation of everything, of the entire lens of what the Christian life is all about. You 
What you don't understand about love or the parts you don't understand about love are going to be linked and are connected to every single issue that you have in your Christian walk. The Ephesians verses in Ephesians 3, in, um, starting really at verse 16 in Ephesians 3 in, um, in the King James when it talks about that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Those verses are the strength for women theme verses. But the reason I find those so so cool is because. The length and breadth and depth and height, you know, we have to really have Christ dwell in our hearts by faith in order to even grasp that. There is, there's so much depth of understanding to the love of God. It is such a foundational, we will not grasp it. We will go our entire Christian walk, our entire life's existence here on this earth and never really grasp what his love is. It just is that amazing. But he does want us rooted and grounded in it. And so... The Lord really just gave me three things. Um, I'm a, I'm a three-point outline gal <laughs> when I speak, typically. Uh, if, if you ever give me more, I certainly make it more. There's been a few that are longer, but um, I typically like the, the one, two, three punch. And um, this was something that hit me, and it's really that the, there's only two, two texts. The main one coming this morning from Romans 8, because Romans 8 is a fabulous chapter. I mean, it's just chock full of amazingness. And um, I am not one that loves to say what my favorite chapter is because as soon as I say one, then I go, oh, but then there's this one, oh, but then there's, but then there's the other, but then there's this story. This is a really good story, and I can't go there because I just really love the word. But, but go with me to Romans eight, and I find that um, I um, I do just mostly because of my um, upbringing, I guess, and because there was so much locked in and, and things I was taught when I was growing up. I, I, you'll notice when I, when I quote the word, I say it a lot from King James. I love the New Living. I love NIV. Um, Greg's a big ESV um, guy. and uh, so. But this morning, I'm going to kind of go back and forth between um, the New Living and King James. One thing you'll notice if you read with me on the screen, I hope you look it up in your own translation, but um, you'll notice on the screen, New Living Translation actually has more updates. So even though I will be reading the New Living when it's on the screen, it might be a word or two different because sometimes there are different updates. But I want you to look at Romans 8. You know, we have been given an inheritance and a, and a new life in Christ when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And one of the things that is, is amazing about Jesus' life here on this earth, he was a man, okay? So he walked as a man, but powered by the Spirit of God. In everything he did. He did not live from his humanity. He lived and operated and interacted and functioned through the Spirit of God on his life. Okay? So, yes, he was all man. So he understands all of our issues. But he lived and, and walked and breathed in the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And that is a model for us. We are human flesh. We, we, have, we are in our humanity still until our glorified bodies. But when you've accepted Christ as your Savior, we have been given the Spirit of God to minimize the flesh desires and walk really in the Spirit of God. 
And that is, that's one of the greatest things of our inheritance that we get now. Right now, we get it now. It's not just a waiting for the one day great things that are coming. Right now, we have the Spirit of God living in our life. So that's what's really cool. So if you look at Romans 8, um, in, the, in the earlier part of the chapter, which is starting in um, verse 15, it says, For we have not, and I'm going to... Um, I'm going to first give it to you in King James, and then I'll do the New Living. But we have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And I'm going to go from 15 to 17 in, in the King James first. The spirit itself, verse 16 of Romans 8, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, in the New Living, it says, So you should not be cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures. For everything God gives to his son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I'm going to be coming back to that point. The love of God gave Jesus Christ, the son of God, to die on the cross for our sins. The, the love of God. God is love. The very concept of love is God. God is love. He gives love. We wouldn't even understand love. We would never, there would be no such counterfeit. Remember, whatever Satan attempts to counterfeit, you cannot counterfeit something that, where there is no original. It would not be a counterfeit. The very essence of a counterfeit is that there is an original that's being copied. Okay? So, God is love. And it was that love that gave us salvation in the first place, that gave, that really brought us into being. And so the foundation of every single thing in our existence is love. And John 3.16, of course, tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you do not know that verse by heart, get it in there. Chew on it, swallow it, get it in there. Um, I like to get as much in in there as I possibly can, and for reasons that I'm going to talk about in a second. But, but the main text that is going to get, um, it's in, still in Romans 8, it's going to give us our three points, is really going to start um, in verse 31, although I'm going to give you even verse 1. The first one I want to tell you about, the first thing as far as what are, because of God's love. Because of God's love, nothing can condemn us. Now we know from Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Okay, in the New Living it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Not much of a difference there. There's no condemnation. But if you look down in verse 31, and this is going to be where the, the rest of Romans 8 is that we'll talk about. In verse 31, it says, "What In the New Living it says, What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God be for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? Who dares, verse 33, who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for his own will? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? 
Will Christ Jesus, that's in verse 34, no, he is the one who died for <coughs> us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God pleading for us. <coughs> I really love this. Now we know, you know, we know the verse, there's no condemnation. But this is really significant when we face love, life's issues. And this whole thing of love, what, the reason why it, it sat on me uh, Thursday morning, I was just before the Lord, and the context in which he gave me a, a love message is in the context of really fighting life's battles and becoming, becoming what we need to be to withstand what the enemy throws at us, to walk in the overwhelming victory, to, to be and walk and know that we are all the things we just sang. The worship song. I mean, the worship songs were just rich. The lyrics were just just rich. Like you just sing those, and it's and another one we didn't sing today, but another one that's so good is, is a good good father. Okay, you're a good good father. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. Okay, these are important words. When you come from this context, when you come from this understanding. You don't have con- condemnation. Now, we know from Revelation 12, verse 10, that Satan is the accuser. And the interesting thing about that verse is that he accuses day and night. Ro- Ro- Revelation 12:10 is that he is the accuser of the brethren. And he goes before the Lord, accusing us day and night, looking for every right. single thing. You know, have you ever had any, uh, what you'd call a hater in your life? You know, just somebody that just does not like you and seems to make it their mission to either say something bad about you or say something bad to you or, uh, you know, give you a look that's bad or just somehow um, just come against you in some way. Well, I'll tell you what, that is absolutely our adversary. And you better believe that the person, human being, if you actually have a human being like that in your life that that seems to thrive on, on making your life miserable, remember... Jesus died for them, and they are probably a pawn of the enemy being used to attack you. Because Ephesians tells us we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. So if you have somebody like that in your life, remember, you can love them without, you know, not battle them because what's really behind them is what is what hates you. And Satan absolutely hates us, and, and, and Greg's just, you know, laid that foundation in um, so much scripture via previous messages. But Satan is the ultimate accuser, and he's the ultimate liar. John 8, 44 is that verse. And you've got to know these verses because when it comes time, we've been talking in the ladies' class about having a sword. When the enemy attacks you, you've got to have a weapon to hit him. And what is the word of God? Ephesians 4, 12. It's, the, it's, a, it's a sword. It's a quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword because it pierces it pierces back against the lies. And at the end of the day, it really, how we function is based on just either truth or lies, whatever we, whatever we take in. I mean, you live your life according to a series of lies or according to a series of truths that you accept. And so when we walk in truth, we walk in great power and victory. Not by power, though, and might of us, but by the Spirit of God. We give place to him. So Satan's a liar. And by the way, in John 8, 44, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Yeah. He is the starting point of everything that is a lie. Yeah. And so these are really important verses to, to claim and understand and call him that. Call him that when you come against that. Yeah. Um, so salvation is, again, it's, it's the ultimate love gift. And it's not of ourselves. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, another one, you know, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works. 
lest any man should boast. Yes. Don't we don't ever know salvation is not uh, of anything that we've done. So that's just amazing. The whole grace concept ought to just make you weep with love. And I'll tell you, if it has been a long time since you have just been undone by this concept of love, then I will guarantee you, you do not understand it. Because love will humble you. Amen. It will it will break you down. It, the, the true essence of love will be it's so overwhelming when you really get even a glimpse of it. There are there are times when when I feel like God's just about to crack open another uh, depth, length, breadth, height of it, and I almost feel that I can't bear it. I can't even bear how awesome His love is. It'll just make me, you know, and, and then it makes you wonder, well, you know, you see these people that quiver and shake and go to the floor and they can't, and the presence of God is so powerful, and you think, well, that's not, that's not very dignified. The real presence of God will just lay you out flat. Yeah, you got no more religion in you. Boy, and, but break that, that spirit over you anyway, religious spirit. Boy, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll hinder a lot of things. But the Amen. love of God is, is that unfathomable yes. that it literally makes your humanity quake. And, um, and, and that's just an awesome thing. And, and you know, I would, I would challenge you to ask God. Say, give me a glimpse. Just seek him. Give me a glimpse of your love. The love that I, I can't even grasp. Because guess what? If you struggle loving other people, you aren't grasping and receiving the love of God. That connection, you might think, well, I know the Lord loves me. I know the Lord loves me. I can't stand my neighbor, but I know the Lord loves me. And, you know, and, and this person at work, you know, whatever. I just avoid them because I just don't like them. I just, I do not. When you struggle and compartmentalize like that, it took me a while for the Lord to make the connection. Alexis, if you can't love these people, if you can't love them, then there's a disconnect with how you're receiving my love. Because when you're really getting and receiving my love, it's going to pour out. Amen. It's just going to pour out. It's just going to overflow. But there's a connection there. So ask yourself, if you're struggling love, and some of us struggle to love our loved ones more than anybody else. Isn't that an interesting irony there? Our loved ones are the hardest to love, aren't they? <laughs> and uh, But when you're filled with the love of God, it'll pour out. So that's just a little kind of a, a barometer there. As soon as you, you're, you're thinking you're walking in love, and you're walking in love, and all of a sudden you're just like, woof, can't stand that person, don't like that person, going to avoid that person, taking that person out of my phone. You know, all of a sudden now you're struggling with this, or you come up upon somebody and there's a little bit of impatience and maybe even disgust if you dare admit it. That may be that you've not, you're disconnected with what the love of God is, and it's mm. become a concept of religion to you, because the real weight of the love of God is going to pour out of you, and it will not matter how much that person hates you. You will just love them because you will just not see any. You can't help it. You're just gonna. It's just gonna overflow out of you. It's just gonna burst forth. So ask yourself that, and God will. God will give it. The second thing that that because of God's love, because of God's love, nothing can separate us. Look at this in Romans eight. These are fantastic um, verses here. Romans eight verse thirty five. In the New Living, it says, "Can anything ever?" separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? Even the scriptures say, back in the Psalms, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, verse 37, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. 
Nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us. There was um, a scene uh, in the movie called Furious Love. It's one of the one of the Holy Ghost um, like documentary movies. If you've not seen them, Furious Love is a really intense movie about um, just showing where. Uh, the love of God, how the love of God can pierce the darkest of places. And, um, you know, sometimes we get cut off from really understanding the depth of evil and the depth of hatred that Satan actually has for humankind. He has such hatred. There are, um, it's it's really beyond what we can even imagine in terms of of evil. And not that we go there, but but sometimes we, we need to get a glimpse of of the fact that, yes, even in that darkness, God's love can penetrate and, and pierce through it. And there was a, there was a man that was speaking of um, having been captured in um, a very intense um, Muslim country. I can't remember exactly what country he was in when he was <coughs> captured, and he was tortured. And he said that um, they were burning his back with cigarettes and just slowly letting it just burn into him one, one time, you know, burn at a time. And he said, he literally, he said, I, God took me to a place where I felt that every burn was just the loving kiss of the Lord Jesus. Because he was captured for his faith. He was taken and captured. And the, the burns were coming against his love for Jesus. And so God just poured out his love. And he quoted Psalm 23 when it said that, uh, that he, uh, the Lord has given me a, a presence of table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I thought, oh, preparing a table before us in the very presence of the enemies that hate us because of Satan. And yet every burn was like a kiss. And and so it really made me um, pray last night when we prayed together as a family. Lord, just, the Holy Spirit just led me to just pray over Carson particularly right now that, that the agony that he's in, that God would allow him to rise above out of his circumstance, out of the human pain that he's in, and be just completely lifted above that, and be just blanketed and covered and and hugged in the love of Jesus, to where he, it's it's really, he is outside of his pain. And you know, it's really a a moment when God can just say, look, I'm, I can cover all things. Love just really does deliver you, even from those painful situations. I, I don't know how. I, I Except that the Paul and Silas that Greg spoke of, the story of them last week, I think it was last, last Sunday, to think that after being beaten that horrifically and then put in stocks in the prison, they praised right then. That is the love of God, yeah. knowing exactly who God's love is, what, what God's love is to them and who they are in him that lets them rise above their humanity and their pain and know that um, that God's with them, even in those places. Nothing can separate you, no matter what kind of tribulation you're going through, no matter where you are. And, and boy, read over Psalm 139, the beautiful, beautiful verses about him knowing our downsitting and our uprising. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? It says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. God's love is never, ever going to leave. Never. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. See, and and unless you dig in the Word, you don't get to see the beauty of... I mean, the Holy Spirit, let me just tell you this. The Holy Spirit is so eager to 
give you. His, his job, if you look at in John, when, when Jesus gave the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit came to reveal truth to us. So when you pray from Psalm 119 where it says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That is an awesome thing. The Holy Spirit is longing for you to get in the Word so that he can show you how amazing this is and transform you from the inside. And he doesn't just want you to read it, check it off, I read it. He wants you to just chew on it and let it just be part of of who you are. Because when it's in there, you'll claim it in every moment that you you face. And it's a wonderful thing. And, uh, And by the way, by faith, approach memory. If my scattered ADD, grew up dyslexic brain, can memorize, anybody can. My mother, I love the quote that she always said, all normal minds have equal retentive qualities. They only vary in degree of interest and methods of learning, which means if you're interested and you find a creative way to learn it, you can get it in there, okay? Because I guarantee if we played a game right now for the jingle of who recognizes the commercial, you know, the, the music to a commercial, a lot of you would win, and you may not even like the product, but you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Oh, that's the, you know, because it's in there. It's just in there. There's stuff in there you don't want in there. Let's put stuff in there that's good because we need it. We need it to stab. When the enemy comes lying, and he will, we need it. So nothing can condemn us. And by the way, let me just add, even though we, we made the nothing, I want you to just think and add in your mind and anybody that's taking notes, nothing and no one can separate us from God's love. Nothing and no one can condemn us. Amen. Okay? And then the third one is nothing and no one can conquer us. Nothing can conquer us. In Romans 8, 30, well, first of all, in Romans 8, 31, it says, and what shall we say then to, to these things? This is in the King James. If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay? Which is essentially the same in the New Living. Then... In verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now, overwhelming victory is in the New Living, which I love that. But for the sake of this point, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And the word conquerors is you'll find in the King James and perhaps a couple others. But I love that. I love Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We know that verse. Um, and Isaiah 5417, which you've heard, and is, I think we even sang it in one of the lines of the songs. But it's been, no weapons formed against us shall prosper. And I love that um, in that same verse, if you want to look at Isaiah, this is just an amazing, Isaiah 54, verse 17. This is a, a really important word, I mean, uh, well, word to, to get in your head. But it's, no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that rises, that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. In the New Living it says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed, and everyone who tells lies in court will be brought to justice. We've been praying for justice because of the lies. We've been praying for justice in the courts of heaven because of the lies that have been coming against the body of Christ. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of their Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Is that just not a verse that makes your day? I mean, all the junk that's coming against you, the accuser will bring up every mistake you've ever made that's been forgiven, forgotten, under the blood, cast into the deepest part of the sea, and he will remind you, 
years old. You knew you did that on purpose. And you did. And she, you know, that was so far forgiven, so far behind her. He will accuse yeah. and accuse and accuse. What have you got to stand on? Yeah, I really did do it. What I've got to stand on is that 1 John 1 9 says, if I confess my sin, he will be faithful to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. Amen. He is faithful. Yeah. I can accept and count on his forgiveness because he's faithful. So if you don't have the word and you don't understand the power of the word, of the, the name of Jesus as well as the blood of Jesus, we're in trouble. So those are two amazing verses. Isaiah 54, 17, please learn that it's so great. Now, the only other text that, that I gave that's just really my last place I want to take you is just something that um, was just something the Lord just, just laid right on top of this. And it's found in the very famous chapter of Ezekiel. And uh, so if you would just turn to Ezekiel, this is, you got to just see this because it's like mind-blowing. Um, you may know it, but never ever think you just know it. I have turned in my Bible when people have talked about John 3.16 and I just thought, okay, I know that I know that I know that I know that verse. So I am just not going to turn there because I know it. It's weird. When I turn there, God shows me something new. When I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it, I'm thinking, okay, wow, I'm seeing it with a new lens. Never let yourself become too familiar with, with Scripture. Because I'll guarantee you the same stuff he will show you again and again, and it'll be awesome. But Isaiah, or excuse me, Ezekiel 37 is the very famous chapter about the valley of the dry bones. Before we read this, I just want to tell you, this concept of understanding the love of God, one of the, and I, I meant to, I wish there was a freeze frame I could have had, but one of the slides is a worship song that she sang. But it talked about when we believe it, and we declare it, it is real. And it is truth when it's rooted and grounded in the word of God. And it's so important that just like when the Holy Spirit breathes, when you speak out, when you speak out truth, first of all, you can't speak without breath, right? Have you ever been out of breath and you can't talk? You, try. you can't talk, you just can't breathe. Okay, you have to have breath to breathe. So the very words you speak are breath coming out, that you breathe into a situation. That is a very important, it's like an example of how the Holy Spirit comes. When the Holy Spirit comes, he breathes on us. He breathes truth. So when you speak into a situation and you speak over, you prophesy over, you are breathing into that situation. So I want you to think, now we're going to read in um, the New Living in, in Ezekiel 37. And in that, I want you to, every time you get to, if you have a, if you have a paper version that you're looking at on, in your Bible and you actually can underline it, I want you to highlight the word speak or spoken every time. If it's King James or another one, you might highlight the word prophesy. But listen to this, and I want to show you something so significant. Ezekiel 37 in the New Living, it says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the old dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. 
Look, I am going to breathe into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I spoke these words just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as they had been before. Then as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak to the winds and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies that they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me. And the wind entered the bodies, and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Now give them this message from the sovereign Lord. O oh, my people, I will open the gra- your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live and return to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and you will see that I have done everything just as I promised. I, the Lord, have spoken. What a picture. What a picture. Because of God's love, nothing and no one can condemn us. Nothing and no one can separate us. Nothing and no one can conquer us. When we speak that out, what in your life, what in your prayers, what in your dreams have you allowed to dry up? And it is laying there like dry bones around you. You look around and you say, well, that that ship has sailed. Well, that one's never going to come. That's, you know, well, that's pretty much over. That's literally dried up, that part. This one's just plain old gone. And you look around and you see what's dry. And you immediately reason with your own understanding. And you don't see that when you can speak truth into a situation, something even that didn't exist before will come into being. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm 33, verse 9. For he spake it, and it was done. He commanded it, and it stood fast. He will bring to life that which didn't even exist before. So it's not even just that he'll bring back life into a situation. There may be something that you have allowed to so dry up, you've even stopped praying about it. You've stopped. You've just said, well, what's the, what's the point? And when Satan can take and mute your voice, He can mute so many other things. He can dry you right up, dry you up. But what does the truth of the word say? Prophesy, prophesy, speak, speak. What you put out, the breath that you give to your words can change atmospheres. It can make you step back and go, wow, okay, I'm going to speak, O sovereign Lord, into this, and I'm going to watch flesh and muscle and skin come around these bones, and they will be raised up, and then I'm going to watch you breathe actual breath into them. What is it that's dried up? What is it? A relationship, a hope and a dream, a desire of your heart. 
Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you know how much the Lord wants to bless? He wants to bless. Some of those blessings will come in packages of tests. And don't think that just because something's hard doesn't mean that God's not setting out to answer your prayer. Okay? Oftentimes, he'll know exactly what path you need to go down. If you want to be a strong warrior in a situation, if you want to head up something, if you want to do something, maybe be a victor, you thought, I finally just want to be strong in this area. He'll be like, okay, that's beautiful. I want to grant you that. I know what it takes to get you strong. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because what you think is strong isn't strong, necessarily. You know, I think about these I've mentioned to the ladies downstairs, the, the drill sergeants, you know, when you come in. One of my nephews joined, uh, what is the Navy? What is it? Marines. Marines. He's, he's a Marine. Oh, my goodness, Marines. Okay. <laughs> this, kid, this kid, just such a great, great kid. And I would love to think he's watching now. But uh, he went from just this, this hopeful kid, just, you know, graduating high school, and then he waited a little while, and, you know, just an average kid, and just kind of struggled with some motivation there, and there were some that didn't think he would even really actually, you know, go ahead and enlist. I'm telling you, we saw him after the period of his first, you know, through the boot camp and then some, transformed, spelt, his literal posture changed. He just was completely different. He spoke with confidence. He spoke no slurred words in terms of just, you know, that kind of relaxed, lazy talk. He didn't get to the strength and discipline and, and just awareness and all the things that he learned. He didn't get that. When he joined the military, they don't strengthen you, you know, from just warm hugs and long walks on the, in the cool breeze of the evening and then maybe a massage after that if that's too difficult, you know. No, that just doesn't really the way that it works, you know. You, you're going to go through levels of hell and then you still don't get a warm hug <laughs> at all. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, and that's a good metaphor. You know, sometimes we think, you know, we want to stand up and want to be warriors. God knows what it takes to be a warrior. But these are, these are guys that don't, they don't hate this. Like, this is something that they, they aspire to. You know, all that they go through to be strong. You would think that the first time they go through something difficult, whatever it is, trying to get over the wall or whatever particular challenge that they face in the boot camp, that they just be like, okay, I know we'd be going through boot camp, but I mean, seriously, the wall, there's no stairs. There's no ladder. I mean, you really, how am I supposed to scale the wall? And the drill sergeant's just yelling at him, go over, go over, you can do it. And all these things I'm sure they say that are not nice, especially about their mothers. <laughs> but uh, anyways, you know, so they're, they're in this. But, but when they get to that point where they're overcomers, they love that. It's like, thank you that you pushed me. And you know what? That's what the drill sergeant's job is. He cares about each and every one of them. He, he wants every single one to be successful. And because he wants them to be so successful, he's harder on them. Now, that's not a picture of the fact that God wants something difficult for us. But God wants the very best for us. And depending on, we talked about this downstairs a little bit, but depending on the context, what may be difficult may be the very thing that gives you just enough juice to see what what you're made of. And, And it's amazing. I know some of the most difficult things that I have gone through, not only, first of all, it it gave me a glimpse of who my God is and how he made me, you know, if, if I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, not only do I get to see how great God is, but I get to see how great he strengthens me because I, I wasn't overcome. He strengthened me to become an overcomer. So I get to see, wow, I did not think I could make it through that. Thank you, Lord. I didn't think I could get through all the things that I did in Africa, including eating bugs. I didn't think I could survive that. And he, I got to see how, who he was, but I got to see that because he made me, he, when he tells you to do something, he'll equip you. 
Because when he starts a good work in you, Philippians 1, 6, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He doesn't leave you or forsake you in any right. way. Right. So this is so important that we speak truth into our lives. God can breathe life into dry bones. Anything that's been laying around you that you have lost hope in. Maybe right now where the enemy is trying to attack you is in time. And I'm telling you, that's a tough one. We are in such, we have such expectations based on time. Oh, I'm talking to myself here. It's like Satan will get you every time and make you feel like, you know what? That's dried up. If God were going to do it, he'd have done it by now. If this were really going to happen, it would have already happened. Now you're just, now you're just crazy. Okay, now you're just going bombers because, you know, these things don't happen after this length of time. God does not call a pastor after he turns 50 for the first time in his entire life. He does not. He doesn't do those things. Have you ever, tried, have you ever heard somebody say something about what God does or doesn't do? Yeah. Whew. They don't even realize it. But it's a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah. We call it putting God in a box. And it's a nice little phrase and bumper sticker phrase, but it's actually a, a dangerous thing to say that what God has done, you know, there's, there's a chapter in Psalms, and boy, I blank on the number, but it, it goes over all the things that God did. Did he not you know, take the children of Israel across the Red Sea? Did he not create all these things, including the Leviathans and the deepest parts of the sea and all these great wonders? And, and then we'll come along, and when it doesn't make sense to us, we'll go ahead and put a stamp on it and say, okay, God doesn't work that way. That is speaking death into the situation. Yeah. You want to speak life into it? You want to see flesh and muscle come over dry bones? Start speaking truth. Start speaking into existence that because of the love of God, nothing can condemn us. Because there is therefore now no condemnation. Nothing can separate us, okay? Not tribulation, not persecution, not even principalities and demons. The worst of what Satan will throw at you, nothing can separate you. And when you have the oppression of the enemy on you, you can really feel separated from God. But that's when you speak truth into that situation and you exercise your authority. Nothing and no one can conquer you because you are more than a conqueror. What does that mean, more than a conqueror? Isn't a conqueror good enough? You are so walking in victory. If you read Colossians 2, Colossians 2 tells us that Satan has already lost. It's done. It's over. We are walking as victors. We are. And all we have to do is realize that. And all I have to do is realize that that's, that's every day when I go through, I get up and I just, okay, Lord, show me how I'm a victor. Because some of what I'm seeing in my humanity doesn't feel like that. And even, even approaching today in this message, it was like Satan was just trying to hit me with everything, with everything. You can't do this. And he even, and I'm getting so much better at this, praise God, but he even takes my childhood theology and says, you certainly, you know, you can't do this because of many things, because you're this and you're this and you're this. But let's just go ahead and cap that and say you can't do it because you're a woman. You can't, you can't talk to the church. There's men in the audience. There's men in the audience. You can't do that. You know, and it's weird, this stuff that goes back through my mind. But then, you know, I just have to go back, speak truth into it, and if nothing else, default to the fact that I'm obeying my husband. No, no. But no, it's, there's just so many ways that, that he will try to, to do this. You've got to speak truth back at to what are you facing? What are things that are in the process of drying up? What are the I can'ts? You know, Greg just delivered a fantastic Holy Spirit-led message on just faith. Faith is speaking into something. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, 
I'm hoping, which means I don't have it. Okay, it's not seen, so it's not there, but it's substance. And that verse is is a weird, like a whole oxymoron going on. That's what faith is. So speak into these things. Speak into what you expect God to do. God, thank you that you're going to deliver me from this. Thank you, God, that you've said it in here, so I'm going to claim it. Thank you that you've forgiven me. I don't feel forgiven. I still feel yucky about what I did. I don't feel forgiven, but I'm going to claim this. I'm going to claim this, and I'm going to claim your faithfulness. I, I, I don't see a path before me, but I thank you, God, that you're going to make a way when there is no way. I thank you that even though I am feeling pummeled by what the enemy is thrown at me, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. It may come at me, but it will not prosper because of you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Start claiming this, and boy, I'll top it with a Jesus' name. No name on earth more powerful than yours. No name on earth. Claim the name of Jesus. Wield it. You have, we have an inheritance. If Jesus is your father, God is our father. Okay, I am a child of God. I have earned the right to call him that. I am part of the family, so I can use the family name. It is okay. That's part of your inheritance. Praise God. Yeah. Let's speak life. Speak life into these dry bones. Don't let Satan tell you that that valley, just go ahead and just move away. Don't even go into that valley. Let's just not even look at it anymore. It's dried up. It's done. It's history. No. Some of you, you need to go back and say, Lord, remind me of what I prayed for that I've shut down, that I've boxed you in and said, oh, that's lost. That hope is gone. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. There's women that tell me that, that the hope of their marriages are gone. The hope of, I mean, I, I even tell women, look, you have to be totally led of the Holy Spirit, but I was one who said my chances of having a child were near zero. Your eggs, you're talking about dried up, okay? Let me just tell you. Dried up. Your ovaries are done. God spoke life into it. And there's a child downstairs learning the word of God right now that is my miracle. Yeah. You know? And, and that was, that's not going to be the case for everybody else. But whatever God has called you to, whatever destiny, he will, he will make it happen. So when you just, just agree with him, don't let the enemy, don't agree with anything. Because any, every time you agree with the enemy, you're going to notice something's <laughs> going to dry up in your life. Every time you take a lie and you choose to agree with the will of Satan over the will of God, something will dry up in your life. And before you know it, you're going to have dry bones all over you. And you're going to go, what is this? This is awful. This is disgusting. This is just, I just don't, how did this happen? One lie at a time. Drives and drives and drives. And before you know it, you're overwhelmed with this just desperate place of dryness. Boy, we need to speak life. Speak life. Speak life. And I would encourage you to, this is not metaphorical. This is not just speak it in your mind. I'm talking about prophesy. Prophesy. Speak it. I don't think there's a person here that doesn't sing, so this isn't applying to you, but I just want to say this out there for anybody watching as well. When you're singing, don't just enjoy the music. Sing it. There's something about speaking it out and hearing it come out of your voice, declaring these words of worship that is powerful. It's powerful. It It takes your very breath to voice this truth when we sing, whether we're speaking the word. If you ever get a chance to read the Bible out loud if you can, Okay, at times. It's not always appropriate for you to do it, but take times where you're speaking the truth. Get it in your head so the next time you run into somebody, you've got a word to speak out loud to somebody. It's powerful. And it will breathe life and breath into something that maybe didn't even exist before. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, so much. Thank you for your love, Lord. It's overwhelming. Your love is overwhelming, God. Because of your love, God. Because of your love, 
Nothing can condemn us, praise God. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can conquer us, God. We are just victors in you, Lord. We are nothing by ourselves, but with you we are. We are everything. We have the full inheritance that Jesus had. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and active in us, God. And we've accepted you as Savior. Wow, that is just mind-blowing. I just thank you for that. That's overwhelming. Just praise you for that, God. And I confess there are even things in my own life, Lord, that I've allowed to dry up. I've allowed sometimes doubt and waiting, misunderstanding, frustration with unanswered questions to just let me set those things aside and, and decide to agree sometimes with the enemy by saying that'll never happen. That'll never, this will never be. God, if you speak it, if you say it, if it is your will, your word, and your truth, it will happen just as you said. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you that we can stand on the solid rock, which is the word of God. Yes. And that you are your very word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So I thank you, God, that the truth isn't something separate from you or added to you. It is you. And I praise you for that, God. And I thank you that because of your spirit, we can actually open ourselves up to what it really means. Help us to never interpret scripture apart from the Spirit of God. Help us to never misrepresent your word, Lord. But to just open ourselves up to the truth of your word, God, so that we can just speak life into things. I thank you, God. I thank you for your love. It is so amazing, God. It all starts with that, and I just praise you for that. You are so good. We are so not deserving. But yet you, your grace is so awesome. It's so sufficient. I just pray, God, that you'd work in the hearts of anyone, Lord, who's maybe it was even a struggle to get here this morning. Maybe someone watching online right now, God, that is wrestling with various trials, various attacks, God. Maybe the reality that they're in seems so different from the promise. It's like, God, you promised this, but this is my reality. What's happening, God? Help us to speak truth and speak life, God. That surely if you've promised, you will do it just as you said. Because God, you are not a God that you should lie. But Satan is a liar and the father of lies. When we know the truth, Lord, the truth will set us free. So God, help us to just cling to your promises. And while we wait to worship and serve you, God, for as much as we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord, and we will receive everything that you've said. All the destinies written in our books will come about because you've spoken them, God. So we just we seek your will on earth as it is in heaven, God. Help us to rise above our reality and begin to have the mind of Christ, God. We need your mind, your thoughts, because your thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. They're so high we cannot even attain unto it. So I thank you, God. I thank you that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. You do know our frame. You remember that we are dust. But you give us all things so that we can be all sufficient in everything, Lord. We praise you. Encourage, strengthen, lift up this church this morning, God. Yes. 
There are so many great things happening right now, God. Give us a glimpse in, into that. Through our faith, in some cases, God, open our eyes even to the spirit realm. Because you are moving. You are working. You are doing so much, God. You don't want to see us downcast. Because you know that if our hope is in God, it's only good. No good thing will you withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's so many things we can claim this morning, Lord. Help us to claim that. Yes. You are so awesome, God. We praise you. There's just... Yes. I just wish I had better words to praise you, God. Because uh, you're just worthy of all of our praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Powerful message. And I hope you understand and really get not just the personal application, but see, God is readying us. I, I love when she went to Ezekiel 37 and had the picture of the dry bones. Because, see, it's not going to be long before they're going to be in our midst, many dry bones. As God pours us out into the neighborhoods and they start coming in, we're going to be surrounded by people that just desperately need Jesus Christ. They're just these dried up bones that need life spoken into them. But see, you can't do that until you've received that life yourself. Allow him to speak into you. Allow him to prophesy into you. As you start to come alive and speak out, it'll blow you away. But things start coming alive around you. And that's what God's doing, and that's what he's going to do. It's really extraordinary when you just say yes to Jesus Christ. And, and, and I really I want you to get this because I, I've, I've sat there my whole life being a part of church, being a part of an organization, being part of you know, what I'm receiving in Christ. Never understanding, really, that God wants me to be a part of the solution. There's not a person here, mark my words, there's not a person here in this room right now that God does not intend for you to be a part of the solution. To speak life, as Alex said, into those dry bones. So you have an obligation far greater than yourself. And ourself is a pretty big obligation, right? But he's planted us in, as a church and, and has given us a future and plans as a church because he wants, us, wants to use us to speak that life that she talked about. That's just so awesome. Praise God.